Hey, Lead the Gen fam. Welcome to season two of the Student Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We believe that Gen Z students can be incredible leaders in their homes, schools, and churches. And this podcast is all about helping you grow as a leader. Great student leadership is a result of having a great relationship with Jesus. So we also want to help you deepen your faith and understanding of God. If you love this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And be sure to share it with other amazing student leaders like yourself. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to WorldServeintl.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership Podcast starts right now. Hey, students, welcome to another episode of the Student Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you're with us. Gil, here you are again, co-hosting this with me. Here I am. Here you are. And and also here again is Spencer Speed, uh, DYD, District Youth Director, North Texas District. Spencer was with us in an earlier episode. Students, if you missed that one, go back and catch that one first. But Spencer, glad to have you back with us again. Yeah, excited to be back. Yeah, all right, Spencer. So we have a uh, we have a, a new way to have students get to know you a little bit here. And I I know that there is some like video portions of this. They might be catching glimpses of this on Instagram, or they just might be listening to it on their their bus. But I, I really want to like help students get to know you some. And I think there is no better judge of a man's character and his like probably spiritual. I don't know, integrity. I don't wow. know. I'm trying to think of another way to describe it. Okay, Pressure. here's here's what I think. Personality-wise, you can tell a lot about a person based off the emojis they use. So do me a favor right now. Open your phone. Tell me the top three emojis Ooh. that you've used. And like, we're going to determine gonna, what that says about you. I'm it's like a new this. personality I'm going to do this too, because I, I just wonder what mine are. I'm not, yeah, I don't know what mine are. Exactly I'm a little bit sure. afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I am uh, a little bit on the the... What is it? What is it? I don't even know the the phrase to use here. So the first one is thumbs up. So I apparently tell Very everybody you're business good with a thumbs up. Yeah, right. The second one is the laugh till you're crying face. I got that one in my top three. Yeah. Yeah, same. And this is where I I just guess I, I'm polarizing. The next one is just bawling your eyes out. <laughs> So very emotional on all extremes, you know, like apparently, apparently. okay, I was expecting I'm looking for it's a it's probably number six down here. I was expecting the like sarcastic guys like, really, you just said that because I use that one a lot. So wait, Gil, I'm looking at your phone right now and I'm looking at your top emoji. And the, I, I do want to say before you tell everyone wh- what it is that Gil recently got engaged and is getting married in just a, several months now. So what is your top emoji, Gil? It's a, it's the smoochy face. One. Uh, <laughs> I could have gone a different direction, but no, it's just the smoochy face one. I was wondering, yeah, that's good. And then it's the, it's the laughing, face. crying one. And then it's like the yeah. dude with his hand in his face going like, Psh. yes, those, those are my top that three. That one's good. 
I love those. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's good. I don't know what that tells about me and my integrity and my spiritual spiritual fortitude or anything. I, it's he, all right. He waited okay. that so much. I, <laughs> I mean, I, could, I really could have turned bad. It could have, could have gone the yeah. wrong direction. But um, Well, again, students, if you missed our first episode with Spencer, you should go back and check that, that one out. Some great stuff there. And, uh, and there was an overtime episode there with the rest of the crew uh, kind of breaking down some of those principles that Spencer shared. Um, let's hit it again, Spencer. Student leadership, disciple. Discipleship, uh, talk to students, uh, and uh, encourage them with a, a leadership principle today. Yeah, so this one I was uh, I was kind of working through, and uh, obviously we have so many incredible speakers on the podcast, and so I, I was like, man, I've got to have a good title or a good like smack you in the face phrase, right? Because that's what everybody has. They're like, oh, this and that, and it rhymes and it flows, and I was like, but I don't have it. I just got the punch. And it's this, my leadership principle today that I want to talk about is have compassion. Hey, the end. That's it. Have compassion. We need that. Uh, We need a lot of that today. Yeah. When I was working on a couple of different lines uh, uh, of like what it could be, like kind of where I want to go today a little bit is when we have compassion, we fulfill the commission that we have on our life. And um, uh, I've done a lot of research on the Great Commission because I just love that every person in the world that knows Jesus is called to do something great, right? But I did some scary research about how little um, Christians in general, this doesn't matter the age, how little we know our Bible. And it says 51% of U.S. church people have never heard the term Great Commission. Whoa. Dang. 51%. It said 25% of them have heard this phrase, but don't know what it is. And then only 17% know the meaning of Great Commission. Like they could explain it to somebody, they could tell them. And then there was a weird stat that was 6% don't know what they don't know, apparently. But if you're counting up those numbers, trying to figure out what equals 100. Uh, But yeah, 17% of Christians, Christian churchgoers, know what the Great Commission commission is. And it's, uh, students, if you're, if you're kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe in one of those statistics, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is where this comes from. It says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them what I've taught, I've taught you. Um, and and then Jesus leaves us with a great promise. I'll be with you, uh, throughout all, all the ages through all your life. And, uh, I just believe so much in my heart that every student has a part to play in the great commission. Uh, every generation, every personality type, uh, every Enneagram number, every profession, like this is not just a pastor thing or like I want to go to Bible college someday or anything like that. Like if you are alive and breathing and you love Jesus, he's called you to fulfill the Great Commission. And I think lots of times, though, we have trouble with that idea, whether or not we know this phrase Great Commission. We have problems sharing our faith. We have a problem uh, going and making disciples. And I think it's not because we don't know what that that phrase is. I think it's because we lack compassion. And that's what I want to talk about today, this this idea of compassion. Can I go deep for a second? Oh, please. Okay. So I'm a little bit of a nerd. And uh, uh, one of my favorite words in the Greek is this word compassion. And it's a weird word. You can go look it up the spelling later, but it's pronounced this way. This is the Greek, the original language that this was written. You practice saying that. You did that. I think he just threw out some syllables and said it was Greek. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not buying it. Flippity floppity Greekity. Uh, (laughs) 
Splach needs so my though. No, this is the, the, the original language that was written in the Bible for the word compassion. And eight times it's, it's in the Bible, 12 times, eight of those times, it specifically describes the emotions of Jesus. Hmm. And for me, like if there's something in the Bible and Jesus had an emotion, I think I should probably be in tune and try to have that emotion. Right. Yeah. And so the definition of this is to be moved as to one's bowels. Whoa. That is deep, right? So let me go. This is this is like the gut-wrenching feeling that you have. Um, it's that feeling of like sorrow that caused by people suffering or like the misfortune of others. But it's it's something that hurts you almost to a physical point where you're like bent over. Students, have you ever been like bent over sick, like at the toilet and your stomach is just hurting? You're trying to like, you're about to throw up or something. That's this feeling of compassion that Jesus had for people. Hmm. Can we just take that into consideration? Like he hurt inside of his stomach so much when he saw hurt people. Um, now I don't encourage you to go tell someone that like, Hey, Hey girl, you move me to my bowels. Like you're not <laughs> oh, going to get anywhere <laughs> if you say that. Uh, but, but basically we see this in uh, Matthew nine thirty six. It says that Jesus saw the crowds of people and he had compassion. He had compassion because they were confused and helpless. They were sheep without a shepherd. Um, and so this is, it's this feeling that that overtakes you. And it's almost this uncontrollable. Yes. Uncontrollable. I've got to do something about it. And this is what I think we've got to have to really take the great commission, Matthew 28, to really go and make disciples. We've got to care about people that much. Mm. Yeah. I think so. I'm going to sidebar here just for a second. One of my favorite things, you can't see this Spencer, but it's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast with Aaron is he takes all the notes and he didn't even try to spell Spluck needs so my or whatever is he just wrote Spluck and then like (laughs) dot, 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 like the ellipsis. And that was it. Like S P L A K is all that's on there. Um, I do, I do like what you're saying though. Cause I think compassion is like sometimes a little bit more, a little bit more reactive as an emotion, right? You see like, uh, was it Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel with like kicked puppies and (laughs) stuff like that? And you're like, ah, compassion, there it is. Uh, but I think I think having compassion is like a choice, and it's kind of like a filter through which you can you can view the yeah. world, right? You put on your glasses of compassion, and I think specifically in an environment today where everything is so politically charged, um, I think I think just scaling things back and saying like, let's just have compassion for each other. Let's like view this through the eyes of like seeing other people as human, seeing other, you know, people through the eyes of like their pain and understanding it. I think it does a lot to reframe us and actually ground us in the midst of kind of like a lot of, I think, tension and unsettlingness. Um, so I, I, I like that. I like that thought with that because it is a choice, something you can kind of put on. Um, but talk to me a little bit about like student development. Why is this, why is this such a big deal for like students who want to be in leadership, whether it's in ministry or just in their, their business? Why is this such a big deal? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a big deal because the the other option, if you aren't compassionate, you're complacent. Mm. And complacent people never change the world. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah. Like they don't. Compliant people, uh, complacent people, the people that, that don't care will never do anything great for God. And you see story and stories throughout the Bible of people doing bold, faith-filled things for God. And that's what it is. But But really why this is so important is because this is God's heart. This is God's heart for people that everybody would know him, that nobody would be hurting. Uh, and so for us, this practically means we've got to love people to the point of action. 
I, I think every time compassion is felt, it's followed by action. And throughout the scripture, if you want to go through and read it, uh, you can you can see Jesus doing this again. And I said, if Jesus did it, we should be doing it. But Matthew 14, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion. Matthew 20, Jesus had compassion on them and he touched their blind eyes. Uh, Mark 1, he was moved with compassion, put forth his hands and touched the man who had leprosy and he was healed, right? So like this compassion for Jesus moved him to action. And if we want to be, you know, any what what God calls us to be in people that go, which go is the action word here, an action verb that we've got to actually be doing something, then we've got to start being moved to action. I think that's where that heart comes in. We've got to ask God for his heart. God, would you help me see people like you see them? Because I think we we are so easily complacent, right? Uh, we are we are more apathetic to just kind of like, oh, well, somebody's hurting. And so uh, that stinks for them. I'm going to keep going on with my life. But God said, like, we're supposed to have a heart that breaks for them, and then we move to help them. So we ask for God's heart. We respond to it. Uh, and that looks different for everybody, right, in every situation. Maybe God's asking us to go serve someone, that we see somebody that doesn't have something to give to them. Um uh, we, we get to have compassion all the time when we talk about missions giving, like if anybody listening to this podcast have ever heard Speed the Light, this is an opportunity where we have compassion on people around the world that don't know God. So we give so that they have a chance to hear. Um, c- compassion helps us just invest everything we are. It helps us put away our schedule and realize that it's not about me again. And it's just about what God wants to do uh, in the world. I love that you're talking about both sides of the coin here, so to speak, because the we're a generation, we're a people here in American culture where we we, we love to feel compassion, right? And and you you yeah. you, you kind of we're joking, Gil, about like the Sarah McLaughlin songs, you know, and everything like that. Um, and uh, but like we love to feel, and I think so. That part of it is is maybe a little easier for Gen Z students, right? Because they can be yeah. very compassionate and feeling oriented about certain causes or whatever, but you just kind of went through a list of what it actually looks like. That's the other side of the coin, right? Is it's not enough. Here's what I hear you saying. And then I'll just kick it back to you and you can unpack a little bit more if you want to. I hear you saying it's not enough to just feel it. You have to act upon it. Right. So, so take, take it from there, Spencer, Uh, additional thoughts on how students practically apply this principle, this thought to their everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, the application is not the compassion side, right? The having compassion is like the internal, all right, God, help me to have that. The, the, what we do with it is all right, God, now that I see a need, can I be the one that fills it? I think as students, we oftentimes pray for what we need, but we rarely realize that we are an answer to prayer for someone else's need, mm. right? And so as we see people that are hurting, like God opens our eyes to that. If we if we, if we we ask him, God, help us to have your heart. We see our friends at school whose parents are going through breakup and you can tell their home life is destructive. And God opens your eyes to that and go, hey, would you have compassion for them and do something about it? Hey, man, would you come over to dinner and have dinner with my family? And maybe your family has like better dinners than them, right? Like their their home is destructive and all this kind of stuff. You're just giving them an opportunity to come in and to experience the love of Christ. It's that action. Uh, I I, I kind of joke and I, I put these words, practical compassion into action is like compaction, right? We come have, on. <laughs> to have compaction. Uh, and so like we pray, pray for God's heart. We ask God, like, can you use me? What What is his heart doing? He's, he's quickening us to hear him, to see people. And then we have to sacrifice. We have to give up uh, what it looks like when we take a step of faith, right? Uh, to have coffee with someone. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm not an extrovert. I don't go do that. But God puts them on your heart and says, hey, they need somebody to hang out with. Would you take them to lunch? Okay. Uh, to pray for a stranger at a gas station. I've done this before and it is super weird. 
but I could tell they were hurt. I walked over and said, Hey, I don't know you. I have no idea who you are, but I just feel like God told me to pray for you. And they just started bawling. Hmm. Right. Because we were just being obedient to realizing that people in this world are hurt. And so uh, maybe it's starting a Bible study uh, at your school. Maybe God wants you to start a Jesus club and you're just going, okay, but why? Because there's somebody there that's hurt and broken and God wants you to help be the bridge or the, the to bridge the gap between him and them. And so we get to invest our life. We get to invest uh, our money, our time, our energy. Like God is asking us to just be obedient with whatever he asks us to do as we see people who are hurting that were moved to compact, uh, moved by compassion into action. So that action looks different every single day. Yeah. And I like, I know, I know there's other kinds of categories of, of action outside of this, but I like that a lot of the examples you named are ones that are like in your specific sphere of everyday life. I think sometimes the compassion we see is a lot more of a distant one, right? It's like support this cause that's over here doing this, which is great. Like I want to help give money to water wells. That's an amazing thing that we should be a part of. But the, the power of some of this is like students right now, you are on a bus listening to this, right? And there is probably someone a row beside you or a couple above you or back you behind you where there's another student who actually, like if you view them through the eyes of compassion can be a great way to like speak Jesus into their lives. Like they can do that today. They don't have to wait for something. They don't have to have money. They don't have to have resources. They don't need a car. It's just part of their everyday life that students can do this. And that's what like leads to, uh, I think like a lot of, a lot of big life change, significant major things. So tell me, is there, is there a student right now that you know of in any of the youth groups you're connected to that is killing it with this? Man, there's there's so many I feel like that I've encountered and so many stories uh, that are just so good. And I, I could list off 100 of them. Uh, one of them that like just sticks out in my mind is a girl named Sierra. Um, and her, her story is a little bit different. She uh, came from a broken home, broken family. And uh, and her her dad was abusive physically, verbally, all kinds of stuff. And uh, at one point he, he had gotten separated from them, all kinds of stuff. And, and Sierra had this moment at church where she realized if, if doing something for God could change people's life that are like her father, then she was Mm -hmm. like, then it's all worth doing. Right. There was this like personal reflection of like, uh, man, people are hurt. And she had compassion for her dad. And she realized there's people all around the world like this. There's people in my school like this. There's people at McDonald's like this man, if I could give, if I could do. And so she started giving money to missions, right? She was like, I know there's people going around helping people that are addicted to drugs. Uh, We heard of a girl this week who uh, was addicted uh, to alcohol and she just started a Jesus club. And she said, I just want to help people who have hurt like me, Hmm. right? And so I think sometimes what we can realize is uh, if we can remember the stuff that God's brought us from, or through. And maybe it's not crazy. Like I'm a, I'm a Christian kid that grew up in church all my life. I don't have this crazy testimony, but I know the things that I struggled with. I know the things that God has helped me overcome. Hey, if I would have compassion, realize there's people like me hurting, how can I help them get out of it? Then it just opens up the opportunities for us to just help be a part of what God wants to do, changing people's life every day. Because I think that's the the cultural issue we see is that we live in a selfish generation. We live in a generation that hasn't ever seen true love or true sacrifice. And so when you start giving anybody anything, they're kind of like, uh, that's weird. What do you want? Right. Because they don't understand this concept of Christ-like kindness and selflessness. And so as we do this, the world begins to notice the difference and people begin to notice the difference and they want to be about what's happening. You, you unpack something there, Spencer, I think is so powerful when, when you're telling the story of, of Sierra and other young people like her, pe- young people that have decided in, instead of getting stuck in 
their own moments of hurt and pain, actually allowing the Holy Spirit and allowing God to show them how their, their difficult experiences in life, God can use that to help them help others that are going through the same thing. And I, yeah, uh, you know, that's really, boy, that's kind of like a, there's a lot of different ways that we could talk about that, but I want to just camp here for just a second. Cause I think one of the, the issues that a lot of us have, um, a lot of American Christians have, and a lot of young people have is that we've talked about this on one of the other recent podcasts too. We tend to see God's role as like, God, you insulate me from all the pain in the world. Keep me happy. That's your number one job. And then we become so disappointed and so disillusioned and even angry whenever we experience pain. And you just told us an incredible story of a young person who said, I, I'm going to actually be fueled by or purposed by my pain. Yes. Right. And I'm going to take that and use it to have compassion on other people. Right. Am I catching that correctly? Yeah, just So 100%. double click on that thought a little bit and just help students practically be able to look at like some of their seasons in life and what they've gone through and how the Holy Spirit might want to position them and use them moving forward. Yeah, I think as a Christian, we hear the the scripture a lot, but maybe some of the wording makes us confused. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And people that haven't been in church long, they're like, whoa, blood, I'm out. What is it? What are you <laughs> even talking about? Right. Uh, we we overcome our issues. We, we get stronger and can power through our issues. One, because Jesus died for us. And two, because there's a story behind what we're going through. So mm. lots of times for, for us, people have shared their story. Hey, I've gone through this and there's hope on the other side. Students, you've heard this with your friends when they got broken up by somebody like the girl broke his heart and all of a sudden he, you're you're in a relationship and then she breaks your heart he goes hey dude it's okay because i know what this is like that's the testimony that increases your faith of going okay i'll make it tomorrow and i don't have to cry all night in my bunk bed right whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. deal is and, and so this is our relationship with god in that he provides opportunities for us to grow and to have testimonies where all right man i, I was addicted to pornography and god brought me out of that so now i know this guy's struggling with that oh man uh, i was addicted to lying and so uh, God brought me out of that. And now I can talk to this person who's just a serious liar. I keep cheating. Like, you know, the sins that people that all your friends are doing, you know, the ways that they're living that you're like, ah, that's just not right. When the things that we've overcome, God's saying, Hey, look, I've shown you the tools. I've, I've given you the creativity, uh, the awareness and the people around you, the accountability to help you get you out of this now help somebody else out. And yeah, so your pain helps be purposed for something greater. Hmm. Yeah. I like that you, in this hypothetical scenario, put that kid in a bunk bed. Yeah, that just, just man, hit me in a certain bed. way. I was like picturing a kid actually crying, and then they're like younger brothers beneath them, and they're like sobbing all night over. That's, girl. Like, like, that's a little invasive. That, that's like, just weeks and weeks of Spencer's life spent at youth camp. That's basically yeah, that's oh yeah, that's, right that's fair. Okay, so uh, my dad is a pretty handy guy. I think we talked about that last episode and uh our neighbors were getting rid of a twin size waterbed kids like nowadays they listen to this podcast you don't even know what a waterbed is probably uh but i wanted this waterbed but i also like had a sibling that had to stay in there so he took this twin size bed and then made a bunk bed out of it so we had a bunk Stop. bed on top of waterbed it was heaven mm. so I feel Sorry, like every waterbed ever has only lasted like two and a half years before it pops. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting kind of derailed here, but that's okay. We're actually at the end anyways. Spencer, yeah. thank you so much for being here for these episodes. Uh, again, if students want to be able to reach out to you, what's the best place for them to be able to do that? Yeah, Instagram. Hit me up at Spencer O. Speed. S-O-S, Spencer O. Speed. Hey, and I just want to say, students, I know you can't see this because it's not a video podcast, but Spencer is wearing a Dallas Cowboys hoodie. 
And I just want to say, Gil, as a Steelers guy, I've never, I didn't know Dallas Cowboys fans could have that much spiritual depth. So congratulations, Spencer. Wait, come on, way to prove it's, the world it's wrong. It's more depth than their entire roster has, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real. We're with you, though. We feel you in that pain. Uh, but anyways, That's thanks right. so much for being here, students. Make sure you check out the overtime episodes. Uh, if this has been helpful to you, let us know. Shoot us a DM. Uh, share with your friends. You can find us at LTG Conference and myself at Gilbo Swaggins. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Holt. And students, remember you're called to lead your generation. Do it with passion for Christ and love for others. 